0: With us today is uh, Zach Williams, uh, the star reporter for the New York Post for Albany. And uh, Zach, good morning on a Sunday morning. Give us an update. What's going on? Well, thanks for having me, John. I might describe it as
1: legislative purgatory this week. You know, we two big issues still lay in limbo. One of them is the governor's nomination for chief judge of the Court of Appeals. You might recall that the state Senate Judiciary Committee rejected the nomination of centrist judge Hector LaSalle last week. The governor has yet to decide what she's going to do about it. She could sue. She could withdraw the nomination, give up. She says she's still considering her options, hasn't decided what to do. Now, on the second front, uh, even more monumentally important is the state budget. You know, there's a 220-some-odd billion-dollar document. Now, the governor hinted at a lot of her big proposals in the State of the State address she gave on January 10th, but she's going to wait until next Monday, February 1st, to actually release her budget bills and give a speech that kind of gets into a lot of the nitty-gritty details, not least her plan to address rising crime. You know, she has suggested... Uh, overhauling some of these controversial uh, limits on cash bail, as well as some other measures, um, and a very controversial housing plan in the suburbs. You know, we're hearing already officials saying that she wants to undermine local control. But we got to wait until those budget bills until we can see in black and white um, what exactly she is proposing. And then the real legislative session really kicks off uh, ahead of that April 1st budget deadline.
0: Zach, one of our hosts of WABC's former governor, David Patterson, and he has reiterated the fact that the, a governor has a lot of power in Albany on the budget. And if she puts her foot down on bail and on other important items to the city of New York and the state, uh, then maybe uh, there'll be some capitulation. Any, any gut feeling?
1: You know, the governor has made it clear that in some form, whether window dressing or real substance, she is going to address all this controversy about bail and rising crime in one way or another. You might recall just all the criticism she got on the campaign trail when she was running against Lee Zeldin. But that said, you know, we you know, there's a lot of things that any governor wants to do in their state of state. And some of them are aspirational and some of them are very pragmatic. Now, the governor You know, she came into office first woman to ever win a full four year term in office. Yeah, it was a close closer than expected against Lee Zeldin, but it was still six points, you know, definitive enough. And somehow she spent an enormous amount of her political capital on this LaSalle nomination. And, you know, it's really hard to look one month later and say that she just has leverage over state lawmakers like she used to. You know, many of the same ones that she wants to you know, kind of, uh, you know, stretch themselves a, lo- a little bit, get outside their their comfort zone. You know, the uh, mostly New York City progressives, you know, these are the same people she's fighting with LaSalle over. You know, what favor do they owe her at this point? She just made them waste <laughs> weeks of their time when it was clear this guy wasn't going to pass. But that said, the LaSalle nomination is not over yet. Now, the governor could maybe throw it into budget negotiations, whether or not, it, you know, it wouldn't officially be part of a budget. It is a judicial nomination, but she could say, Hey, if you, if you do this, if, if, if you, uh, you know, we're, if, if you don't hold a vote on the on the state Senate floor, you know, you're not going to get this. That's all, uh, you know, and then we got this housing plan. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts here. Governors typically focus on a, few key issues. You know, last year, Hochul devoted a lot of her political capital to a last minute effort on bail. Um, You know, in past years, Andrew Cuomo, you know, pushed congestion pricing hard or, or this or that. And, you know, the governor has fights right now on at least three major fronts, you know, public safety, housing, and still this judicial nomination. And it's really hard to see her just having um, enough um, influence over the state legislature to get all three done, given the, the plethora of opposition from the right, the left, on this and that, you know, it's not easy being governor. And I don't think this governor is in a particularly great situation after this disastrous nomination has really soured a relationship with the state Senate. Uh,
0: Mayor Adams's speech uh, the other day uh, on the state of the city uh reiterated the fact that if we put away 1,700 repeat violent criminals, the city will be a better place to live in. And uh, uh, Governor Hochul gave a speech that I attended at the New York City Partnership on Thursday uh, that said that uh, uh, that she's going to empower, give more power back to the judges.
1: Well, the, you know, I think the matter of judicial discretion comes back to something that the governor said in her state of the state address. It was in the accompanying booklet that outlines all these policies. But she mentioned she wanted to revisit the least restrictive condition standard. This was a a legal standard um, passed along with bail reform in 2019 that basically requires judges to give people pretrial the least restrictive conditions given Um, You know, the crime that they've been charged with, their criminal background, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this often results in kind of strange situations that you read in papers like the New York Post, where maybe you have someone accused of a crime that's bail eligible. But the circumstances of their case um, at large require the judge to maybe uh, release them with an ankle bracelet or on their own reconnaissance or, you know, whatever it is, but something that's not being held on bail because they're legally required. To get the least restrictive condition this is at the heart of bail reform the governor has said she wants to remove it for serious offenses. does that mean murder or shoplifting or something in between i don't know we're going to find out in these budget bills um something i did want to mention that is one area of potential agreement if there can be agreement at all on this crazy capital between republicans democrats left right etc mental health funding you know that was one issue when she brought up $1 billion of mental health funding, there was a standing ovation, both sides of the aisle, because there's a lot of intersection across all these constituencies. You know, when we talk about mental health, uh, we're not just talking about, you know, people with, with schizophrenia or something like that. We're also talking about people who uh, have substance abuse problems. And I don't know if you saw, but there was a very thought provoking story in New York magazine, I believe uh, last week where the reporter mentioned that based on his interviews with, Lots and lots of so-called boosters. These are the people that professionally shoplift for a living and then have stuff like fenced on eBay and whatnot. And he mentioned the overwhelming percentage of these folks are drug addicts who are seeking to, you know, feed their habit. It makes a lot of sense. not the best career path. And, you know, you can see what, you know, and then they have these fencers that, that, you know, take advantage of the whole situation. And everyone's kind of a part of it because you know, people buy stuff on eBay, think it's a good price. And lo and behold, this maybe was shoplifted from New York City by a drug addict. Now, that $1 billion, you know, we're going to find out details. Where is that money going to go for? Is it going to go for, you know, high schoolers recovering from uh, mental health issues in the pandemic? Is it going to combat drug abuse? Is it going to do all sorts of things? I think a lot of folks that want to see it somehow tie in again with this surge in crime, you know, um, people have hearts. Uh, people that, you know, are, are shoplifters and that type of thing. Many of these repeat offenders you mentioned, you know, arrested dozens and dozens of times, you know, a couple of weeks at Rikers ain't going to cut it. You know, these people need real rehab. It's not easy, not cheap, but the governor put $1 billion on the table, and that could, and could make a big dent in uh, some of these repeat offenders.
0: Zach, I had a big discussion yesterday with the Asian community because WABC celebrated Asian Day. And uh, the fact is there's so many homeless uh, uh, that used to be in hospitals uh, for mentally ill. And they threw them out of the hospitals, put them in the streets of the homeless. And I suggested that maybe Rikers Island should be the place to build more hospitals and putting the homeless, the homeless in it and the mentally ill.
1: The bottom line, you know, people have come up with all sorts of ideas of where to put the hospital, but it's the quality that ultimately matters. Right. And, and you know, what, Whatever. The bottom line is, treating people for mental health problems, whether it's drug related or anything else, takes time, takes money, takes patience, and takes leadership. And there's not a huge, you know, but the immediate benefits for a politician are not always there. You know, long people, politicians often want to get rewarded for things very quick. I propose a bill, it passed, you know, reelect me dealing with this mental health problem is going to take years. You know, when you're talking about institutionalization, that ended in the 60s and 70s. And we're still dealing with that. And nobody wants to go back to the days when, you know, Creedmoor, some of these facilities were just, you know, um, horrible pits of despair where these people were just shoved in shoeboxes and never given a chance. You know, these are our brothers or sisters or moms or dads, kids, for those who have them. You know, I think everybody wants to be right by the mentally ill. But gosh darn, it's hard, especially when you got all this heated rhetoric around, you know, rising crime, bail reform. But maybe just maybe this mental health um, funding that the governor's talking about can bring people together like it did briefly during your state of the state. And maybe just maybe we can, you know, it's a small number. These repeat offenders, the shoplifters, you know, we're talking about maybe at most a couple hundred people. A lot more people get arrested in New York City who don't go on to commit, you know, 12, 30, 50 crimes. But, you know, these people obviously need help breaking the cycle of crime that has taken over their lives. I just can't imagine anybody, you know, any little boy out there dreams of becoming a booster at CVS so they can be taken advantage of by a
0: fencer. It's no way to live. Agreed. Uh, and, uh, Zach, thank you for your input, and, and thank you for your update to all uh, Americans and all New Yorkers. Uh, and uh, we'll catch up maybe next week and see uh, what the heck is going on uh, when those dates uh, for the governor are starting to get closer.
1: Sounds great. Real pleasure.
0: Thank you, Zach.